This series is entitled All of Christ in All of Me. I would just like to offer as we get into this for today. Real simple. Real simple. This thing is no longer about us. The world would want to make it about us. And it would want you to make stands and draw lines in the sand about certain concepts and ideas. But I'm here to tell you today, this thing is about Christ and Christ living through us. He gave his life for us so he could give his life to us so he could live his life through us. So all of Christ in all of me. So when they run into me, as the brother just saying so eloquently, when they see me, my life should be so full of him that they won't mistake who it is that's motivating me, that's driving me, that it'd be Jesus. I'm fired up right now, <laughs> but it's important for us to get this all of Christ in all of me. And we started this series last week and we began to lay the foundation for this particular series. But this week we wanted to talk about if we are his disciples, what does true discipleship look like? You know, one of my favorite genres of movies are these martial arts movies where guys are part of a dojo and they have a sensei and somebody in another rival place hurts their sensei or kills their sensei. And now they have to go out and fight to defend their sensei. But as they're engaged in battle, people can look at them and tell by their movements what dojo they came from. So their discipleship meant that they no longer represented themselves. They represented the sensei who trained them. So people would actually be able to see from their moves where they came from. Oh, he's from the so-and-so dojo. Are y'all following me today? It's the same thing with us. We need to carry ourselves right now in a position that Christ in us speaks louder than we do. I said the Christ in us speaks louder than we do. But the only way that's going to happen, we're going to have to become true disciples. This is no longer about me. This is about me representing Christ. How best to do that? Let him live his life through me. Who knows better how to live his life than Jesus? So he wants to be able to live his life through me. Y'all ready to have some fun? We're going to talk about how to kind of make that happen to get an understanding of what this is. But I'm going to give you a little spiritual nugget that you can take with you. You will have to forget more stuff than you'll ever learn. I'm going to say it one more time. You're going to have to forget more stuff than you'll ever learn. See, we've learned how to do a thing for so very long that we're going to have to forget how to do it that way because God is asking us to do something different. So it's no longer about you. It's no longer about me. This is all about Christ. What does the world need? The world needs Jesus. People need the Lord. So let's jump right into this thing. True discipleship. True discipleship really is about self-giving and self-forgetting. Everybody say that with me. Self-giving, self-forgetting. Hard for us to do. See, because self 
and selfishness, and we'll talk about that next week, becomes one of the major blockages for us to be able to do anything. When you make stuff about you, then it's hard for you to actually interact with other people, work with other people, be a part of a team, because everything has to be about you. So selfishness is a really ugly thing. So we want to forget about self. Somebody say amen. We really do. We want to forget it. Say, well, Pastor Ben, how can I? Let's go to some verses that might help us get an inkling of what this thing might look like. Let's go to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. You know me. I'm always excited about reading scripture because it's 100% true. But it also guides our behavior. It makes no sense to study the word of God and don't apply it. In this case... Dying to self. I've said it a million times and it's still true. You need to die to you, to the old you, to the old way of thinking, to the old moral concepts that you had, to those old ideologies that you carried. You're going to have to die to those things. So let's look, see what it looks like to be a true disciple of Christ. Again, Luke chapter 9, we're going to begin to read at verse number 23. And we're reading in the Amplified Translation. And it reads as follows. It says, and he was saying to them all. If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside selfish interests, and take up his cross daily, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come. So taking up your cross daily, Jesus died on the cross. So there's this whole progressive concept of us progressively dying to ourselves and progressively growing in the ability to let Christ live through us. Again, all of Christ in all of me. So progressively dying to our selfish interests, but progressively growing and opening up ourselves that Christ can come into our lives and use us. Let's read on. He says, and follow me, believing in me, Oh, I love this word conforming to my example in living and if need be suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. Those are some pretty heavy credentials to to, to want to agree to, aren't they? I mean, that's pretty heavy stuff. But again, Christ is the one who said that if you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for him, then you gain the whole world. Are y'all still here today? So to understand how beautiful this, this, this bargain is with Jesus, you want your life to become exciting? You want peace? You want joy? Then give up you. Accept Christ. Let him live through you. So what will he do when he begins to live through you? He'll take you places that you normally wouldn't go. He'll have you rub shoulders with people whom you normally wouldn't rub shoulders with. And it increases your world. It becomes a real complete blessing. Somebody say amen. Let's read on a little bit further. Hopefully this is making sense to you. He says, for whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it. Through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake, he is the one who will save it from the consequences of sin and separation from God. So, I give it up. 
Tell me this. What is it that you have in your life right now that is so great that you want to hold on to rather than holding on to the direction, the love, and the majesty of God? What is it? Is there some kind of identification? Is there some kind of idea about who you are and all of those kind of things? I'm here to tell you today, you have absolutely nothing. I know you may, you know, you may have went to, you know, nine colleges and got so many degrees, that so many letters behind your name and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not against that. That's a beautiful thing. But that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about when you are a child of God, there's no greater education. There's no greater level of achievement. When you are a child of God, nothing can rival that position. And from that position of being a child of God, you open yourself up to be led of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will remind you and teach you of everything God has said, therefore put you on a level that cannot be touched. You can go into a room where all of these people are at, where all of these degrees, and still be able to turn their hearts to Christ. Because Christ will be speaking through you. Is this making sense? So you lose nothing. You gain everything. Now, Pastor Ben didn't say don't go to college and get degrees. I didn't say that. But I'm just saying put things in the right perspective. Does that make sense to you today? Let's read on just a little bit further. It says, for what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? Wealth, fame, success, and loses or forfeits himself. We've seen this happen over and over and over again that people gain incredible fame, incredible wealth, incredible success, but they never made that, that move to let go of themselves and accept Jesus Christ and let Christ live through them. I need you to let him live through you. Say, what is the benefit for that? For me, Pastor Ben, you gain everything. You gain everything. What a beautiful bargain. I mean, you can't get this bargain anywhere where you gain everything. I think it's important for us to go back to verse 23 just one more time. I just want to make sure we read that and then we'll move on to the next one. Verse 23. If you don't mind, brother, back to verse 23, and then we'll come back to verse 25. But if you could take, there we go. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must, everybody say must, deny himself, set aside selfish interests. This is the part that you're going to have to go home and study on because right now we don't know what selfish interests are and we don't know which ones are actually guiding our lives. So I'm going to give you a clue. Anything that is more about you than anybody else is a selfish interest. Starting at home with your spouses. If it's all about you, that's a selfish interest. Your friendships. Your relationships with others. If it's all about you, that's selfish. If you're part of a team and you put your idea on the table and your idea was rejected, now you're mad at everybody else who was at the table and you're sitting there contemplating in your mind how to sabotage everything that was agreed upon, that's selfish. I can go on, but you know what I'm talking about. 
this is that time that you get a chance to really check it out in yourself and see, am I being driven by selfish interest? You see this stuff played out over and over. A person with selfish interests doesn't lose. They never lose. It's impossible for them to lose. If they lose, then somebody cheated them. Somebody stole from them. Somebody did something. Selfish interest. You can't let that be your guide. See, because Jesus came and did what? He gave up everything for people who didn't deserve it. That's pretty powerful. He gave up everything for people who didn't deserve it. He wasn't thinking about self, was he? This is one who gave up the Godhead (laughs) to become a man to serve people like us. He wasn't thinking about self. He was thinking about us. So have that this week, please, where you really measure how much of this stuff is about me and how much of this is truly about serving others. Okay. Did I finish off those verses, brother? Yeah, I did. I did. Did I read verse 25? Praise the Lord. Then let's move on to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. We're going to read Mark chapter 10. We're going to have some fun today. We're going to continue to have some fun. So Mark chapter 10, we're going to begin to read at verse number 17. And, uh, you know, one of the great things about going through these scriptures, the Bible speaks for itself all the time. Without fail, the Bible speaks for itself. All we have to do is read it. And as as we do, it guides us. Uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Praise the Lord. I didn't memorize it, so I, I won't be able to say it verbatim. You're going to have to put it on the screen for me if, if you don't mind, or if you can. If you can't, just let me know, and we'll move on to another one. But, again, as this thing is getting f- straightened out or fixed, let me tell you something about when things don't go the way you want them to go. Thanks, bro, for getting it up. Life doesn't always go the way you want it to go. Situations don't always go the way you want them to go. Because they don't do that, one, you're not a failure. Two, God is not done with you. He's not punishing you. Sometimes he's saving you for some things. But life is like that. So when life comes, deal with it. Move on. Keep, keep trucking. But don't quit. Don't blame. Don't do any of that stuff. You know, I'm not here to be perfect. We're not here to be perfect. We're here to share, share the word of God with you, which is perfect. Does that make sense with y'all? Praise the Lord. Here we go. Mark chapter 10 beginning to read at verse number 17, and this is in the Amplified Translation. Listen closely. It says, as he was leaving on his journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, you who are essentially good and morally perfect, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? That is eternal salvation in the Messiah's kingdom. Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is essentially good by nature except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not testify falsely. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he replied to him, teacher... I like this part. I have carefully kept all these commandments since my youth. I love it when people think about self and what they have done. 
even when it comes to following the commandments. You know what I mean? I've, I've met some people who would tell me, you know, a cigarette has never touched my lips. No liquor has ever touched my lips. I never disobeyed my parents. I always came in the house at the time they told me to come in the house. I always did this. I always did that. Guess what? All of that stuff, if you did it all, cool, but it ain't about you. Because with all of that being done, you're still going to fall short of the glory of God. But let me read this thing. Listen, to this. it says, and he replied to him, teacher, I have carefully kept all these commandments since my youth. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love, high regard, compassion for him. And he said to him, you lack one thing. Go and sell all your property and give the money to the poor and you will have abundant treasure in heaven and come follow me becoming my disciple believing and trusting in me and walking the same path of life that I walked but the man was saddened at Jesus's words and he left grieving because he owned much property and had many possessions which he treasured more than his relationship with God there comes this fork in the road for all of us that when it talks about all of Christ and all of me when it talks about us becoming a disciple of Christ there becomes this fork in the road that we reach that you're going to have to determine that everything you have is not as important as having all of him. And you're going to have to make the exchange. But I'm here to tell you today, as Jesus told this man, he said, when you give up these treasures of the earth that you think are important, I'm going to give you treasures that will never rust, that moths won't be able to eat. What do those treasures look like? They look like relationships. They look like friendships. They look like love of brothers and sisters. Those are treasures that cannot be rusted. I really need you to get this today. I want you to come out of the small world by dying to yourself, letting Christ be all in you and come into this new world where he opens you up to all of these new relationships, these new people, these new set of circumstances. It's time to quit being afraid, to quit being scared, to trust God enough. You know, we hear these songs and we sing these songs about how he reigns and how he loves us and how he cares for us. And then we're afraid to turn our lives over to him and let him have total control over who and what we do. Why? Because we at times don't trust Anyone, because we have great self-interest and we think it's incumbent upon us to protect our self-interest. What happened to this rich young ruler? What happened to this young man? He listened to the words of Christ and then he looked at what he owned. He looked at what he had and he decided, I have too much to take a chance on Christ, the same Christ he had seen perform miracles, change people's lives, heal, 
do all of those things. He made a determination. I need you to know there are a lot of us on a daily basis are making that determination. You know what, God? Cool. I, I like you, so I like going to church. I like going down to the building on the corner of walk and don't walk and spend an hour down there and punch my little spiritual card in the in, in the time clock in the hallway and when i'm done punch out and go on home and forget about all the responsibilities or things that you want to do through me i don't <laughs> I, I i'm good with just going to church see because i got stuff going on i got this happening and i got that happening and i can't be doing that god stuff because i need to protect this self-interest stuff well have fun with that because the time is coming Well, what you try to protect will become unprotectable. And you're going to get really angry. See, because all the stuff you're trying to control, all the stuff you're trying to keep in a particular place, God is saying, no longer. I'm moving to a different location. God is saying, I want you to come with me. But if you're not willing to go, all that stuff you're trying to protect, all those self-interest things will have absolutely no importance to you. They'll actually become a trap for you instead of freedom. I pray God this is making sense. Let me move on here pretty quick because I don't want to keep you a real long time. Hopefully this is making sense to you. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We're going to begin to read at verse 13. This is the Passion Translation. This is how we are supposed to be. It says, your lives are like salt among the people. Uh Uh-oh. As the brothers sang the song, when they interact with me, when I'm filled with you, I want the people to see you. So, let's talk about salt real quick. You know, I like salt. You know, some of the new nutritionist people say, but listen, if you ain't got salt in your body, you in trouble. How do I learn this? I was in the jungle of Panama, and humping and it was hot and we had been there for a couple weeks and it was just bad some really ugly conditions and i hadn't really eaten any salt so one day i get up and it was like somebody had a belt squeezing my head i mean it hurt so bad i couldn't even walk so we're trying to make this move i can't even go where they called the medic for me the medic came and checked me a few seconds later the medic is putting an iv in me a sodium or salt water, basically. He put that IV in me. Two minutes later, whoop, I'm back to normal. And then he explained to me that the sac around my brain, the fluid that protects my brain, needs sodium. And if there's no sodium anyplace else in the body, it will require you to figure something out. So pain is that signal to tell you something's wrong. <laughs> are, are y'all still with me today? So because I didn't have that salt in my body, my body reacted in a way to say, hey, brother, you need some sodium. So once they gave me that, I was good to go. Listen to me. It had a wonderful effect on changing me from being somebody who couldn't walk to somebody who was actually performing at the level he was supposed to perform. We are salt of the earth. We are this influence that's supposed to affect society, affect the people around us. We are that. But listen to me, we get our flavoring from Christ. We are connected with him. In reality, he is the original salt of which we get our saltiness from. And then we become salt in society because we are his body. So we're supposed to have an effect 
on society. Right now, in most cases, society is having an effect on the church. You can go to some churches and they look the same as society. Mean, evil, divisive, angry people in church. And it's not supposed to be that way. We are the salt of the earth. We are supposed to flavor the earth as Jesus did all of him in all of me. Let me read on. Hopefully this is making sense to you. Your lives are like salt among the people. But if you like salt become bland. Uh oh. How can your saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is good for nothing. And will be thrown out and trampled on by others. I don't care who you are. If you got salt on your table, you put it on your food and you can't taste it, you give it a second try. You shake it again and if you don't take that salt shaker and that salt going in the garbage. Am I telling the truth today? You're going to go out and find you some fresh salt. Listen to me, church. Not the building, but you. We are supposed to be salt. But if we're not going to be salt, I'm here to tell you today, God is going to move us out of the way so new salt can come. And I need you to know he's going to flavor the earth. Why? Because hell will never prevail over the church. So we don't lose in this context, but there means there may be some moving because some of us have lost our saltiness. We've let ideologies, philosophies, and concepts steal our saltiness. And we're fighting battles that have absolutely nothing to do with the body of Christ. Please don't let that be you. Let me read. It says, your lives light up the world. Your lives do what? Light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Is this not simple, profound wisdom? Instead, it's place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. How many of you have lamps in your house with blankets over them? If you do, then we need to talk. The light is there to illuminate in the darkness. As we are salt, we are supposed to be light. Where does our light come from? The light, the lamp in my house is plugged into the source of electricity that is in the wall. The lamp itself does not have power. It has to be plugged into something. We need to have all of Christ in all of us because he is our source. Then through that line to the lamp comes electricity. The electricity, when the switches turn, activates the bulb. The bulb activates light and there's no longer darkness. Brothers and sisters, this is who we are supposed to be. But again, what happens? We plug ourselves into ideologies. We plug ourselves into philosophies. We plug ourselves into these concepts. And then what do we do? We think we are radiating a light to guide people. But no, that light system doesn't work. 
But God says, as he said with salt, there's a light that he's going to put on a hill. And that light is going to distinguish itself from any other form of brightness. But that's supposed to be us. All of Christ in all of me should shine to the world that when they interact with me, they should see Christ. Doesn't say I do this perfectly all the time, but there should be an opportunity for them to, you know this story to be true because there's people you interacted with and you know they wouldn't know Christ to save their lives. There's no way. And you ran into some of them in the church. You know I'm telling the truth. So what does that mean? Just coming here doesn't mean a thing. Having a relationship with him, dying to your self-interest is where this transition happens. All of Christ in all of me. Almost done. Verse 16. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them. And then they will give their praise to your father in heaven. So don't do this thing for you. See, because you don't have a heaven or hell to, to send people to or to send people to. Do you understand? The light that we shine should lead people to Christ. See, Jesus spoke constantly about how he and the father are one. He told the disciples, you want to know the father? You should know him because you know me because I and the father are one. How about you and I? We should be one with Christ. So we should be salt because he's the original salt. We should be light because he is the original light. The word of God refers to him as that. The light of the world. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Again, I need us to understand who it is that wants to live through you. Who wants to have you. But I also must tell you what's happening right now and why we are that is being prohibited, why that's being stopped and blocked. Satan is still alive, still doing what he does because he doesn't want this to work. Last verse and we're going to close here. Ephesians chapter four. The New Living Translation. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, which is the body. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So the job of these individuals is to equip us to do what? To equip us to stop being selfish. (laughs) Listen. Wise preacher said one time, if there's a mist in the pulpit, there'll be a fog in the congregation. If the pastor is not ready to make this transition, he can't teach you anything other than what he is. Somebody say, amen, I need you to get it. I can't tell you to be the light if I'm struggling with the light bulb. I can't tell you to be the salt. If I'm struggling with my saltiness, almost done. It says, this will continue until we all come to such unity 
in our faith and knowledge of God's son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of who? Of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like who? Like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. You want to be his disciple? Die to you. You want to be his disciples? Die to your self-interest. You want to be his disciple? I said, you want to be his disciple? Listen, you're not going to be able to claim the name without paying the price. So what is the price? Giving up self to gain him, to gain the world. I don't know about you. That's a wonderful deal for me. I tried it my way for a very long time and it didn't work. I'm not perfect at this right now either, but progressively growing. I need you to join on. The world needs Salt. The world needs light. You can't give away something you don't have. So you need salt. You need light. You need to let all of Christ be in all of you. And then you let go and let him live his life through you. See, he will love the people you don't like. (laughs) He'll be patient with the people you are impatient with. He'll give himself away when you don't want to. But when you have him living through you, you will gain so much more. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Thankful for you. Looking forward to sharing some more of this incredible thing with you tomorrow. I mean, next week, we're going to break down what this whole selfish interest thing really looks like biblically. So we can actually understand what it is that we have to let go of. In the meantime, brothers and sisters, test yourself. Measure yourself. Realize who it is that you're plugged into and who really motivates you. And what really motivates you. And then make the changes necessary to make sure it is Christ. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you for being here this week. God bless you. Looking forward to seeing you next week.